You're listening to Brigade Radio 1. Show. Hi everybody, it's Tyson. Thank you for listening. Many, if not all, of the next episodes of Antisocial Show will contain a message at the beginning of the program from host of Combat Radio, head of BrigadeRadio1.org, Ethan Dettenmeyer, future guest of Antisocial Show. So I'll just uh, step over here and let Ethan explain what's going on. Why he's away, yes, this sir. gives me an opportunity to... Uh, Again, direct everyone to Ticketmaster for the fantastic November 17th rock and roll epic extravaganza featuring the members of Guns N' Roses, Typo Negative, Danzig, Rat, Quiet Riot, along with the cast members from The Flash, Justice League Action, The Simpsons, Futurama, and many more, including the Avengers and Avengers Assemble. You can also find information for that on the Combat Radio Facebook page or Combat Radio Twitter page, but just go to Ticketmaster and enter Combat Radio Christmas Carol. And get your tickets, or you can go to GoFundMe.com slash Combat dash Radio dash Christmas dash 9, Christmas and 9 spelled out, and you can make a donation to our annual Christmas event for social services and get yourself a VIP backstage ticket pack. Mm-hmm. There. Be sure to follow Combat Radio on Twitter. That is C-O-M-B-A-T-R-A-D-I-O, and also Brigade Radio 1 on Twitter. Yes, yep. please. Which is where we are we are at, yes, at, well, that's BrigadeRadio1.org. You can follow them on Twitter at uh, B-R-I-G-A-D-E-R-A-D-I-O-O-N-E. All right, thank you, Ethan. Again, thank you for listening, and be decent to each other. Peace. another episode of anti-social show a show that happens to believe in the concept of east meets west i am hunter block and he is tyson singer good evening tyson hello how are you tonight i'm doing fine how about you i'm okay it is monday it is may 13th 2019 and i am in the future it is 12 45 a.m and it is tuesday the 14th all right 13th year, 14th you know, there, just to give people an idea of when this was recorded, because it'll be a while before they hear it. Yes, because uh, uh, for all you listeners out there, because we are so generous, we have a uh, a ton of content that has to go out before this one does. So this one is, by the time you hear it, it's like kind of like the future right now, but you know, you'll eventually get to this, rea- you know, this presence uh, when we do uh, put it out, or when Tyson gets, you know, Gets to uh, edit it and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we have a, yes, we have episodes that haven't been released yet. <sighs> Currently, so essentially, 
to uh, you know, we are kind of like the uh, the people in Starship or Star Trek Enterprise that came back to talk to the Zendi to basically destroy the humans in a temporal cold war. So we're kind of like those people that, and you know, you guys are the past. So you know, we're talking to you. So we're from the future. So and, and I can tell you right now that nothing has changed in the future. We still don't have fly-in cars. Right. Although the Kevin Smith flying car short film shows up in my recommended still. It just, yes. It just showed up the other day. Actually, it showed up colorized, which, I mean... I'm, really? Yeah, which I'm kind of confused about. Maybe it was... Re- and it also, by the way, it was... Uh, it's, its upload date was like... It said three years ago, so maybe it's an update of it. Maybe. I don't know. Do you remember when the flying car... Um, the the uh, the closest thing we had to a clerk sequel was uh, was the short film that 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 uh, that Kevin Smith showed on Leno. Yes. Yeah, it was pretty good. I like that. It's pretty funny. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> That's all I have to say. And then about we got that. Clerks too. And then we got Clerks too. Some some time later. And then yes, uh, yes. we were promised a Clerks three. Well, we weren't really promised. I Which. Mean, Will never happen, unfortunately. Really, no, no Clerks three ever. I don't think so. I think like because the the one cast member died, passed away, and then there's another one who refuses to do it again. So, and Kevin Smith said he wanted you know the original people in the movie, and since he can't get everyone aboard, that's why he's not doing Clerks three. Mm. Or so I've been told. All right. Yeah, I hadn't really heard much about. I had I'd kind of stopped paying attention after a while, and I just I, I just kind of like um, wait until something actually comes out, and then I might see it because uh, there's been too much like anticipation built up over things that haven't turned into anything for me to get excited about them anymore. So that's all right. This I, is true. I only have so much energy. <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, this is this is true. I mean, how many times did you get like super duper excited um, for a movie? that everyone hints was going to come out and never actually came out. Oh, and you, then you get like, you, you, you get so upset by it because you, you know, you've, I'm sure you talked about it on social media a few times and then, you know, but then no movie. Um, I mean, probably I, it hasn't happened that often, but I know it has happened. I'm sure it, it happened more, um, before social media. Like like before there was social media, I'm sure that I I probably read about a film that was going to come out in maybe Fingoria or something, and then it like didn't show up in my region or or it was hard to find. Um, like um, what's a good example? I'm trying to think. Hardware. Like no, I saw Hardware. So the Richard Stanley, the guy who directed Hardware, made another mm-hmm. film called Dust Devil right after that, and this is before he did Island Doc Now I haven't seen Dust Devil, but I read uh, there's articles on it that I read in Fingoria. Good movie. Yeah, it sounded good. It sounded like they had he had a real tough time getting creative control on that film. Um, yep, yep. According to the articles, I don't know, you know, the, the interviews and things. So, and then of course, you know, the Island of Doctor Moreau. Uh, well, that whole bit, uh, the whole thing. We talk about that. Uh, we have that. Have you seen that documentary yet? The uh, Lost Souls: The Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Doctor Moreau, whatever the heck it's called. I did not. Okay, uh, that's fine. I, it's it's one to. You know, I think it might still be on Amazon Prime. I'll check it out though. Hmm. I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you brought up uh, Fango, hmm. uh, Fangoria. 
for all you millennials out there who might be listening to us, uh, before obviously the uh, the invention of the internet, where now all information is more or less at your fingertips, um, we had to look up horror movies in Fangoria. And uh, now that was pretty cool because you got them, you know, at any newsstand where you can have them mailed to your house and they had like cool pictures and bios and things like that. Different uh, things to read on stories or movies that were coming out. And they had cool merchandise, too. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty, pretty vivid uh, pictures, too. Like um, some people would say horrifying, but I was always drawn to the special effects aspect of it. In fact, I'll tell you, the first time I saw a Fangoria on the shelf, it... it um, it wasn't 1982, but there was a picture, a still from John Carpenter's The Thing, which might have been released on video at that point, because it definitely wasn't 1982 when I saw the Fango on the shelf. But there was a picture of the of the the guy's head before mm-hmm. with the with the with the strand that goes out and latches on before it sprouts eye stalks and legs, like just just the head, you know, right? So I was, yeah. I was on the cover, and uh, it was like, oh, I can like look at this and it's like in a, in a horror film these things go by so quick your mind just kind of like you know creates its own narrative about how real it looks but when you get to actually look at the frame and i and just dissect it you can go oh okay i can see how somebody made that that's pretty cool still you know somebody somebody made that you know you know i mean that was kind of the thinking in my in my head so it's one of the reasons why i went, was gravitated towards zombie films was because makeup artists like tom savini so Yes. Yeah, so I got Dawn of the Dead on VHS because I knew he had contributed to that a long time ago. So, you know, so this is like, you know, my introduction to horror films is basically through makeup. Yeah, mine too. Um, did you see the uh, Did you see the uh, the Fango magazine when they had the Reanimator in it? Now those were some sick pictures. Yeah, uh, sounds familiar. I'm sure I've seen pictures of Reanimator stuff in Fangoria. Uh, is it now? Do you say Fangoria or Fangoria? Uh, I say Fangoria, or I just say Fango. See, I say Fangoria now. Like I, I, I might have said Fangoria in the meantime, but like, and I think I started off saying Fangoria, but I used to say Fangoria because I didn't know what it was, you know, because I never heard anybody say it out loud. And then, like, I believe like, I've heard, yeah. I've heard people call it that. But then I uh, got a, a, a on VHS. There was a, um, there was like a, a, a Fangoria issued. Um, like convention kind of footage compilation thing, and had like in- interviews with uh, uh, Elvira and various things that I, other things I can't remember for some reason. Uh, but like it was like a, something made for people who like the magazine, and they were calling it Fangoria, and I was like, oh, is that how it's pronounced? So I was so I just started calling it Fangoria after that. I don't know. It's like it's it's a made up word so you, you never hear anybody yeah, it say is. it unless you know somebody else who knows of it so it's like you know what i mean so like yeah you, and then you know turn on the, the news and be like you know this tonight in fangoria there was or tonight in fangoria the the banana well, the banana republic kid, of fangoria yes <laughs> when i was a kid growing up in like you know middle school and shit like that i'm sorry i know you have to bleep that out mm-hmm. um there were at least a few people that i would actively talk about with you know about fangoria and and I mean, there were people, but now there's no one to talk to about that publication because, again, it's it's all at your fingertips. Like, do you purposely go to a Barnes and Nobles anymore to buy a Fango magazine? I know they still got them, but wow. exactly. I don't. I do have a box somewhere with a bunch of old ones in it, though. And by ah, old, old ones, I mean ones from hold on the to those. late 80s, early 90s, mostly. 
Yeah. You need to hold on to those. Those are valuable. Oh yeah, there's one of the, the there's one that's a cover of the female Cenobite. Oh, okay, um, nice. Uh, there's one that's like from Gremlins Gremlins Two, the new batch. But I, uh, can't, I can't remember which Gremlin it was, but it was really gnarly, like and bumpy. It wasn't the vegetable one. Oh yeah, no, actually, it might have been a close up for the vegetable one. <laughs> Mr. Vegetable. Yeah, do you remember the vegetable gremlin? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. Anyway, oh, so was there a um, oh, Christopher Lee was in that movie as well? Um, now, here's my question. Before we, I mean, I, oh God, this has been bugging me for like ever now. Okay, and now I, I had a particular thing that you know I was going to bring up in a second, but because um, now I'm confused. Okay, so you know, they had Gremlins to the new batch, right? Obviously, correct. And they were they were messing around with the uh, the genetics and stuff. They were mutating themselves. Now, uh-huh. in part one and part two, the one with the stripe on its head uh-huh. was always the leader. Like he was the more intelligent one, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. So stripe. I think it was it, called Spike. But uh, yeah, yeah. But yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. And your connection's a bit poor. Oh, yours was too for a second, but it's it's recovered. Oh, you're clearing up now. Okay, I can hear you just you get, fine. You get, okay, so that one gremlin though took that brain potion and became smart. So now does he become like the the leader of the uh, the gremlins now? Kind of. I don't know. Is he a leader? Or is he just the mouthpiece? Is he like the Metatron? Well, he, maybe, maybe he was just a, <laughs> which means the one Metatron. has to be a god. So like I don't know, but uh, but he so yeah, he was Tony Randall. I remember that. It was Tony Randall yep. being the voice. The intelligent gremlin, yeah. And also, now, by the way, is, is the intelligent gremlin a threat? Does he need to melt with all the other gremlins, or can he like go on to lead a life among other human beings because he's you know got refined uh, ways? Of anyway, sorry. Well, I I think he probably could if you know reasoned with, but you know basically he just wanted to help the other gremlins get out into the city and wreak havoc. Oh yeah, that's the other thing too. The gremlins. Like, okay, so in Gremlins 1, the spoilers for Gremlins right. 1, by the way, um, they sabotage stuff, mostly, it right. seems. Except they did actually apparently kill somebody with, like, syringes, or, like, stabbed a guy, or maybe they just stuck him in after the fact. The thing is, is that they, they usually kill through mischief, right? I mean, they don't eat people. No, they don't eat people, and the, yeah, that's that's exactly right. They kill people through like their uh, the mischief deeds they do, like when they messed with uh, uh, the chair and the old lady went flying up the stairs and out the window. Polly Holiday, yeah, flow yep, yep. flow from t- uh, t- the sitcom Alice. Mm-hmm. Yep, but you know what though? I don't feel bad for that old lady because she got her comeuppance. You know what I'm saying? She got exactly what was coming to her because she was a nasty person to begin with. Mm. And then what was it, Mister Futterman? Uh, yes, the guy with the yep, yep, yep. with one hundred percent American tractor or whatever the heck it was. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, the town drunk essentially. Well, he was you no. Know, he had this thing about foreign machines too. Like he didn't trust foreign machines, yep. and it's like it was the yeah. Guy. No, in the novelization of the Gremlins, they made it a point to like uh, to point out that it was a one hundred percent American machine that was about to right. kill him, basically, and that was the irony. Um, well, do you know what the funniest? Do you know what the funniest part of that whole movie was? Oh, was it? Um, was it? Hi ho, hi ho. <laughs> <'Cause> that <laughs> no, was, that was 
That was pretty funny. Okay. No. Um, no, the the funniest part of that movie, and it wasn't even the the woman flying through the uh, air and flying out the window or whatever. Mm. So the 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 two actually no, I take that back. The two funniest uh, uh, scenes in that movie. The the first one was when um, you know he goes out and checks his antenna, and it's all been twisted and bent out of shape and stuff. Mm. And then the gremlins come. You know, this is Mr. Flutterman, and then the the gremlins come crashing through his house. And they're kind of like backing up, and the gremlins are laughing as they kind of like plowed over them. Right. That was the uh, the one funny moment. Second funny moment was when Santa Claus comes rolling out of the house, and all the gremlins are on him, and they're like, he's begging the sheriff for help, and the one gremlin's like, ho, ho, ho. It's been a while since I've seen Gremlins 1. I need to that see that again. Hysterical. hysterical. See, yep. but that was, that, that was like good movies of the 80s, though. Yeah, it was like 1984, I think. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'll tell you what movie was trash. Sorry, what, what, what's a movie that was trash? What was a movie called trash? Total, Sorry. total disappointment. Dune. Oh, Dune. Oh, wait, Dune. Mm-hmm. David Lynch's Dune. Had you not seen that before? I saw it once when I was. I saw it like once or twice when I was a kid because I remember having like the uh, the sandworm action figure. Believe it or not, I was like a, an obscure toy. And it was like this kind of like this big right here. Mm-hmm. It's a giant. And it was just this. Yeah, it was, yeah, it, was it was. Yeah. Yep. It was a giant sandworm of Dune. Are so you, are you sure that's what it was? It yes, was a licensed was. toy. It wasn't just this giant phallic thing. I'm teasing. Nope. It was a license. It was a licensed toy. <laughs> okay, cool. I didn't know they would make. Um, I don't. I don't remember the box though. I don't remember what the box looked like. I just remember the toy basically. And and basically, it didn't do anything special. It was just like this big rubber worm with the. The three, yes, with the three thing like its beaks or whatever that were open, trying to kill somebody. But that's all it basically was. Giant worm. Yep, its mouth, basic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So anyway, I saw it. I saw it again a few weeks ago on Amazon, and I'm like, okay, I I need to watch this movie from an 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 adult perspective. Sure. Um, Because I remember like bits and pieces of it, you know, obviously. So I'm watching this movie and. I just couldn't do it anymore. Like I, I, I couldn't finish it. It was, really? it was killing me. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I did didn't watch, like it. The, did you watch the director's cut or did you like watch the original theatrical release? I think I watched the original uh, theatrical release. Okay. Okay, that's probably pretty. That's a good. I idea. mean, don't get me wrong. Director's the, cut the cast. Huh? Don't get me wrong. The cast was obviously is a stellar cast. I mean, Patrick sure. Stewart oh, was yes. part of the cast. Gurney Halleck. Uh, yeah. Yes, the, the dude from uh, Quantum Leap. Uh, Scott Bakula. No, I'm kidding. Yes. Um, no, Scott it wasn't Bakula, Scott Bakula. It was, it was that dude that... Steen Stockwell. Yes, it, it was that dude. He who, he was part of the cast. Who's been in the co- at least at least one other David Lynch movie. He was in Blue Velvet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You should see that yeah. one if you get a chance. That's a twisted movie. So, yeah, it had Dean Stockwell. It also had uh, Jürgen Proshnow. Is that his name? Uh, I think so. The guy who played Duke Leto? Yes. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, aside from the cast, I mean, which was phenomenal. I mean, I, I, I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it anymore. What, what really lost me was when um, they kill the spoilers. They kill the Duke, and uh, you know the the bad guys are overrunning, you know, the Imperial Guard or whatever, the Royal Guard, Duke's guards or whatever. Mm-hmm. And here comes Patrick Stewart running out with a gun, and all of his men, and he's got he's got the dog in his arms, and he's like, "Onward to freedom!" And they go running off in the distance. What, what, what part of the film was this? This is early in the movie, or 
Oh yeah, this is this is early in the film. Oh, I don't remember that at all. I do remember them leave, having to leave in a hurry. Um, so you didn't. Yep. So you actually didn't finish it. Then you, you watched it. Like it sounds like you barely began it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. I, I, I didn't. I didn't finish it. I, I couldn't do it. So uh, have you ever read the book? I have not. It's worth it. It's a good book. It's it's actually uh, it's it's, uh, it's probably one of the best science fiction books ever written. Really, I mean, I don't know. It's a great series now. It's it's uh, so. So let's see. There was a book in 1965, mm-hmm. right? I think 65 right. or 66 was when it was first published, and then like it languished. It was going to be uh, it turned into a movie earlier than it ended up being a movie. In fact, there was a person and director named Alec Alexander. Alexandro Jodorowsky, mm-hmm. uh, of which they made a documentary about what his Dune would have looked like, and it's called Jodorowsky's Dune. I recommend that highly. Um, so then, like the story is, is a classic hero's journey. Dune is. It's you know, it's got um, the story beats to it. The place of comfort. It's got uh, the the loss that one must endure. There's you know, there's a whole there's a whole thing anyway. And, and uh, there's a desert. And uh, there ended up being kind of like this similarity to a film that did end up coming out before Dune uh, called Star mm. Wars. Is that Star Wars uh, was – Frank Herbert saw Star Wars and he was like, this is really similar to <laughs> to what I was – To Dune? Yeah. But, oh, no. To, yeah, this is really similar to what I wrote. Now, uh, what he wrote, he said. So now um, Frank Herbert uh, dies in 1986, I believe, or 87. And, okay. And when he did, uh, the movie had come out like I think maybe a couple of years before, and I think I, I, I think I remember reading that he might have uh, he might have enjoyed it. And by that point, he had published five books, and he, uh, in the Dune series, and there was a sixth one that had not been released yet. And then he died, and then his uh, mm. son helped finish the book and release it. Basically, that's Chapter House Dune. Wrong. Okay, so there's six Dune books. For a long time, and then there's rumors that there's a seventh Dune book, you know, hidden away that like that that Frank Herbert was uh, creating material for, right? But never got right. to. It was called Dune Seven. It was this mythical Dune Seven. Like there was going to be this book coming out. And then, uh, then I think then somebody, it might have been Brian Herbert, his son, found there was a safety deposit box. I think in Tacoma, Washington, or somewhere in Washington, and it had notes and floppy disks and all sorts of stuff, and it fleshed out the world, kind of like the way Tolkien had hit this big world, right? Um, right. For the Lord of the Rings movies, and so um, with the help of. Uh, Star Wars Extended Universe book writer Kevin J. Anderson, uh, he and Brian Herbert, the son of uh, Frank Herbert, set about the task of writing more Dune books. And so they could have basically just gone right to Dune 7, but what they did instead was do a uh, prequel trilogy that happens 30 years Mm. before the beginning of Dune. So there's the prequel trilogy is three books. There's House Atreides, House Harkonnen, and House Carino. Those are the names of each of the books. Also really good, but written after the fact, or it's just the original six books, um, and set before. So that's not Dune 7. And then they uh, do a, a prequel trilogy that happens, like I think, like a thousand years before or something. It's like, it goes back even further to explain the origins of, of um, various things that have, that have not been fleshed out yet. Like I think the Mentat school origins uh, happened at some point. 
or the idea there's basically the machine wars where they have to fight the machines so it's like i can't remember what the names of these books are but these are the books that are referred to when they talk about why there aren't any computers because there aren't computers or robots really you know that's why they have mentats because they have these mentats are human computers they're able to do the, the complex, you know, uh, because because computers are outlawed. Now, they don't say why, really. They do say that there was a war against the machines, but they just they don't say really much anything about it in the movie. Or it really in the book. It's just that these are this is something that's happened. So in these in these other books, mm. these other three, this other three trilogy, they explain that much more. So now there's six more books. And then they write the books that come directly after six chronologically. And instead of right. one book, it's two books. So it's it's they make they they make the, the 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 Dune Seven into two books, and that tells the next chapter of the story and kind of, I guess, kind of finishes it. Or at least what it finishes is the world of the original six books, plus the prequel world that they that they fleshed out, kind of brings it to a nice conclusion, I guess you could say. Um, so basically, it takes somebody a lifetime to read all those books. I mean, it doesn't take that long. Girl. It depends on how long <laughs> it takes to read one book, really. I mean, it's a you know, but that's true, true. but that's that's just those. So that means there was started there were six, and then there mm. were then there's twelve, thirteen, fourteen. So now there's then there was fourteen, and that was it for a while. And then they went back and started writing books between the existing original books. So now there's like a book that takes place between book two and three, and one that takes place between three and four. I think. I'm not sure about that last one, but I know, definitely the one I said just before. It's so, but it's not important. The original book is the one that really kind of sets the universe and kind of like just explains what all this is about. Because there's so much that's like done in voiceover to explain, you know, uh, you know hmm, why is this happening? I wonder if there's a thing. What did they mean by that? You know, like this is, do you know what I mean? Like they do this kind yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do this in, in the movie Dune. You know, there's all this, you know, uh, there's all this... You know, voiceovers like Max von C- oh, Max von Sydow he was in it you know was, uh, must pay attention to this duke you know or whatever he says or this is an interesting prince or whatever the hell I can't remember I mean I like oh against my better judgment I like this duke I think I think that's what he says yeah yeah that's my Max von Sydow and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very similar to Sean Connery except it's Swedish so that's that's they're in the same <laughs> register really get off my lawn <laughs> which who's that one is oh is that uh, Connery Sean Connery yeah yeah Get off my lawn. Yeah. Get off my lawn. Fish, you're going to stab you in the fish. <laughs> fish with a fish. Face with a face? What? No, I'm going to stab you in the face with a fist. Stab, you're going to stab you with a fist? <laughs> sorry. What? Junior, I'm sorry, but they shot us. Okay. <laughs> you call this archaeology? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's a good film. So, uh, but yeah, so Dune, uh, anyway, it's, it's the book is good. It's, it's, uh, it's an interesting. It's an interesting world. Uh, you know, it explains what all the things are. That like, there's really uh, uh, the, the movie, the David Lynch movie, added stuff that wasn't in the books. Um, and it was an interesting choice to do so. But I'm speaking specifically of the secret weapon or the the weapon that they had, the thing that converts sound into energy. Yes. Like, like those those aren't a thing. Um, <laughs> But but the weirding way is a thing, like his ability to like uh, to uh, to um, sound like he's possessed. Yeah, but it like has this force behind it. Oh no, that's the other thing. That's the uh, the one where he gets them to when he when he, um, when he uh, the mind tricks, the ability to like influence yes. him, like the Jedi mind trick. 
Huh? Yep, yep. Huh? You don't yes. need to see his identification. <laughs> These aren't the droids you're looking for. He can go about his business. Move along. Have a good day. Move, move along. Move along. Move along. <laughs> move along. Move along. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was... Um, so yeah, that stuff where they're like, they, you know, you know, uh, untie my hands and then blah, 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 blah. Oh, by the way, so I don't know if you noticed that, but the woman who played Jessica, the actress who played Lady Jessica, um, and the actor, Freddie Jones, who played Thufur Hawat, their, their mentat, they were both mm. in the movie Kroll. Ah, uh, yes. He was the wizard guy, and she was the yes. lady of the web. Yep, yep. Yeah, that was a good movie, by the way. Uh, Freddie Jones, by the way, his son, one of his sons, I think it's just the one, is Toby Jones, the actor who uh, is in films these days, plays Arnim Zola in the um, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Nice. Which in itself is kind of a spoiler that 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 Arnim Zola is represented at all, because a lot of people who read read comic books are going to be going, "Oh, they do, they're doing something with that," or "Oh, darn it, I didn't see these yet. I didn't know they were going to do something with that." It's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm saying. Sorry, people have. Well, I'm, ho- Go ahead. I'm I'm hoping that the the books are a lot better than the movie because the movie did not. The movie sucked. I'm sorry, it, it sucked bad. You might like the um, miniseries adaptation of it. You might like the one they did on Sci-Fi Channel. You should try that one. I'm sorry, but ahead. Yes. Although I will take that movie over uh, another movie that I watched. I wish I didn't, but I watched because Curiosity Kills the Cat. So this movie came out in 2002. Um, and it's taken me from 2002 until 2019 to finally sit down and watch this movie. It was called Party Monster. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say, dude, where's my car? <laughs> <laughs> no, I that think, was a good one. That was actually I'll take that. Funny. That was a 2002 as well, I think, but I'm not sure. Yep. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, I'll take that. Mo- I'll, I'll even take that movie over this cinematic piece of just why. Which one? That, all- no, 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 no. Oh, Party, Party Monster. Monster. Oh, you didn't like Party Monster? No, 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 no. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Okay. So the way my brain works, okay, Uh is that my brain does retain important information, obviously, and stores it away, right? Uh And sometimes it'll even take like useless information and store it away because, you know, maybe somebody needs a useless piece of information. Sure. Um, But... If it's not important enough to me, I never remember it. So, of course, this obviously this this movie triggered certain uh, uh, memories, and I remember that these kids were a thing in New York City because I remember watching a few Jerry Geraldo shows uh, with them on it, but still not really registering who they really were until I watched the movie. And, of course, hmm. this is a movie I wish – I, I, I just didn't have to watch because, you know, this, I mean, they were in a sad reality when, like, party time was over. Like, they didn't know mm. what to do with themselves. They were so drugged out, and, and it was, like, really pathetic. It's pretty amazing. A lot of great or, music. Or, yeah, no, it had great music, don't get me wrong, but, you know, they were essentially getting paid to do, to do nothing. Sure. You know, they were like, uh, because don't forget that was late 80s, early 90s. So Mm -hmm. they were really like the first YouTubers or the first uh, what uh, society calls Internet celebrities. They're socialites. They're famous, famous for being famous. Yep. Famous for being known. I mean, that's but that's, you know, that's like the idea of the superstar, you know, the Andy Warhol thing where it's like, you know, of course, you know, Andy had talent. So there he could get by on that. But uh like he actually had, a, you know, the ability to draw and <laughs> an interesting approach to photography. So, 
I believe anyway. Um, uh, so yeah, a little party monster. So did you did you recognize Marilyn Manson in there? Yes, I did. Christine that, that or Christina? Funny. Yeah, that was that was that a was. funny role. I think one of my favorite parts of that film, by the way. I mean, I do like Chloe Sevigny. I can't say her name, but I like her. Um, the actress. Uh, I think she was good in that. Um, I do respect uh, Macaulay Culkin's just going for it, you know, and getting into the weirdness of this of, of the headspace of this character. You know, it's because it's a character. Oh, absolutely. That we've never seen him play this type of character before. Like, especially, or at least we hadn't at the time. Like, you know, we'd seen Kevin McAllister and we'd seen uh, The Good Son, although I had not seen The Good Son. Uh, we saw him in My Girl, you know. And then I'm sure he was in other stuff. I never saw The Page Master. And, you know, these are I'm just, I'm just talking about the ones I've either seen or I saw previews for. Yeah. Well, Macaulay Culkin, when it comes to like uh, The Good Son and Party Monster, okay, um, The Good Son was phenomenal. Um, he played a really good, twisted, messed up kid in the head. Um, but totally different from the character he had to play in, in Party Monster, who was like this, you know, I, I don't even know how to describe this person with a, the, a, a mental disorder, really. I mean... All right, well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, very innovative by dressing up like that and everything like that. But uh, sure. I mean, they took it to they took it to extreme levels. Oh, I was yeah. So I was going to say what my favorite my I don't know if it was my favorite part, but a part that I remember mm. in a funny way was there uh, when they have the disco in the back of the uh, in the back of the truck. Yes, like a semi truck, yes. whatever the heck it was, because it was like, a big box truck. It was a box truck, and then they had like yeah, yep. they had like a set up a party in there, and it's like. Mm-hmm. And it's like moving around, and people are just flailing. And it reminded me of, of uh, <laughs> I don't know, who was the first or the second Jackass movie, <laughs> where they actually did that, and they put in, they're like, this is, you know, this is a semi truck disco or whatever the hell it was, and they set up these cameras inside this bag of the truck and a disco ball and streamers and lights and a bunch of people on roller skates, and then, and, it, and everybody just to the side and like falls on the ground and, it, it, and it's the funniest goddamn thing for like a few minutes yeah, I, there wasn't much of that footage and then they get, get up and then this uh, starting and stopping and like for real it was just like uh, <laughs> jackass was hilarious jackass was pretty funny do you remember when they do you remember when they got locked in the limousine with the with the, with the bees no no I didn't. oh yeah is that the third one because i didn't see the third one might have been third one yeah. But I mean, they're all they're all back there trying to kick out the windows. God, yeah, some really funny stuff. They talk about Jackass on on QI, actually, one of my favorite shows uh, uh, from oh, nice. from BBC. They talk about uh, when it was like when they were doing the paper cuts between their fingers or toes. They couldn't they couldn't look at it because it was just like it's one of those things that's like oh, it's like like one guy's like turning his back. He's like turning his back to it. He's like look, tell me when it's over. Tell me when it's over. <laughs> like in the theater, and then. Uh, one of the people on the panel is like, you saw Jackass in the theater? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Jackass is one of the funniest movies ever. And then one of them like pretends to hold a pipe and says, I prefer Jackass the novel. The Jackass the novel. <laughs> yeah. As a thing they would do, they'd pretend, pretend to be smoking pipes uh, for comedic effect. I'll tell you what. They successfully pulled off. I don't know how many uh, movies and because uh, they they had a TV show too. So I mean, I don't know how many. I mean, they think about this. They successfully uh, became famous and made money all from hurting themselves. Yes, it's true. And Steve O got the worst of it. Did he? Oh yeah. And Knoxville got pretty banged up too. 
yep, yep, yep. He got banged up when he made that Action Park movie. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't Action Park. But it was based on Action Park. You remember I talked to you about Action Park, New Jersey? That yeah. The 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 yeah. Um, the 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 adventure land of death. Yeah, the amusement park was just the crazy rides. Uh, yeah, um, there was a. Oh yeah, I remember we had to talk about like uh, there was a film I saw that said uh, Santa Claus and the Ice Cream Bunny. I might have even mentioned this even since then, but there was this thing called the Steeple Chase, which actually is out on Col- Coney Island, and it was this thing that looks mm-hmm. like basically horses. Instead right. of roller coaster cars, they are fake horses, and you just sit on the back of the horse. There's no guardrails. There's no. It didn't even appear to be any straps. You just ride the back of the horse on a rail, like a roller coaster. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't go like this, I don't think. But it was, and it's like there's no way anybody would be allowed to do that now. It's just too dangerous, like or with the right regulations. And it's like there are pictures from the 1920s or 30s of this thing in full operation. If you look, there's this there's this elderly man, and he's got an infant sitting on his lap as they're on this thing. It's like. Never, never. You would never see that. Never now. No, no, no. no. And it's probably good. well that 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 place that place lasted until when, like nineteen ninety six or so, something like that. Yeah, it reopened in ninety six ish or ninety five or ninety six. Yeah. I don't know if it's still open. I believe they have. I think they've closed down a lot of the dangerous parts and they rebranded it and it's called something else now. But I can't remember what it is because I I thought it was still uh, abandoned and it's not. It's actually I, I don't know what they call it now, but it's something different now. Mm. Action Park, New Jersey. <laughs> Action Park, New Jersey. Go there to die. What you got there? This is a lint turtle. A lint turtle? Tribble. I like the tribble. Tribble? It's a little creature. Now this is just dryer lint. This is this is a roll. Oh, okay. This is a roll of dryer lint, and it is big. Okay. As you can see, it is about the size of my. Well, I guess it's not the size of my head, but it's pretty big. I have a few of these. Okay, and what are you planning to do with uh, with those? Hold on. Uh, step one. Here's a little. Here's a smaller one. As you can see, it's, right. it's not as big. Um, I just realized I have a bunch of these. Here's another one. I collect these. Here's a smaller one. I have them in the two smallest ones. Now, uh, so step one is collect all the lint, right? Right. And uh, step three is profit. Profit. That's step three. That's right. Step one, collect all the lint. Step, right, right. Step right. three, profit. That's okay. A, that's a South Park joke. It's uh, <laughs> the underwear gnomes. Uh, do you remember the underwear gnomes? Yeah, yeah, step yeah. Step one, collect all the underwear. Step two, step three, profit. They're profit. Like, what, what's step two? <laughs> step one, collect the underwear. Step three, profit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I'm collecting these. Actually, I do, th- I do think... Um, that perhaps they can be like the material might be able to re- be repurposed into some kind of craft project. Maybe like um, you know it's clean pretty much. It, it's because it's it's, it's from dryer lint. It's, it's dryer lint. I mean it's yeah, from clean clothes. From clean clothes, and it's like this stuff just accumulates. So it's like you know there's a lot of this stuff, and it's it's kind of got a consistency of like cotton. Um, I've seen people like bleach it and kind of like weave it into like a paper or fabric type. I don't think it can be spun like wool because it might be like the, the pieces that go that make it up, uh, you know, like the tiny fine piece, like if I were to pull it apart, it might be too too small because you need something that will hitch together like wool, I guess, because wool is hair. So I don't really know, but 
there was so much of it being created. Created, I was I was started thinking, why don't I just like, you know, save it and see how fast it accumulates? Basically, you know, it's like <laughs> it's, it's like why not? I'm doing laundry like every day practically. Um, this started like a year ago, by the way. So I've got like more than this. This is this isn't even as much as I have. I have like not not here, but I do have like in a box somewhere in different colors too. Like there's orange ones and yellow ones because it comes off of like like fresh towels. Like if you get fresh towels, it's like the first thing to gum up your your lint trap is you know all, True. all the part of particulates of of you know of of new towels that come off. So it's like you get one that's like yellow because you get yellow towels, and it's like oh that's cool. Like like to put it with one of these other ones. I just think it's really funny to have a bunch of lint now. I don't know what I mean. What the you know what? Like what if you could do like <laughs> we get your lint cigar? You know it's our lint dildos. You know it's like there's no. There's no reason other than there's two reasons. One is I think you might be able to I might be able to use them for something, and the other one is because I think it's funny. <laughs> You're definitely right. It is funny. But like, but yeah, that's. I've got a box somewhere that's just seriously full of full of full of dryer lint. It's fine. Look how big this sucker is. <laughs> this is like <laughs> This is like that rye bread they bring to you in the Outback. Like or when you go to the Outback restaurant and they bring you like the bread to the table. It's a huge loaf oh, or a, a small loaf of bread. I mean this is a small loaf of bread size, this one is. Um where is it? I was just I was just picturing someone coming to your door and just knocking on your door and then like, you know, slipping you some money and then you like handing them a brick of that shit. <laughs> Don't tell yeah, exactly. anybody where you got this. Exactly like that. And look at that. It's just crazy looking. It looks like it also kind of looks like um like zombie cotton candy. Absolutely. Because it's grayish purplish, you know. You could put a you could put like a little little white stick, you know, a little white cone on it, you know, and be like, here you go, here's your cotton candy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <coughs> oh, that's great. Oh my god, I'm dead. That's funny. Ah, I know what you could do with them. Puppets. Yeah. Sorry. What? Yes, you, you can glue eyes to them and like mouths and shit. Oh yeah, yeah. I could. I'd have to put you them could... on a stick or something. But I think I have yep. a stick around here somewhere. I'm sure I have a stick that I'm sure I'll have stick left over from when I make my puppet arms. You know, like some type of like spray, you know, to seal them so they don't like come apart. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna stick to like. To mount them on, so like if it's you yep. know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I wonder where that bag is. I, I, it's, it's it's somewhere in there. But I, you know, I also have a lot. Of, like, I have a lot of lot of uh, have a lot of yarn too. But I I'll, I make stuff with that. So you know, that's part of what got me interested. Mostly it was this, just like I wonder how. I wonder how fast this accumulates because, I mean, I didn't have a kid, so I had a lot more time to just go, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen with, uh, uh, got another year, uh, what can happen in a year, uh, see how much lint you can accumulate, you know. Turns out you can grow a whole person in a year. That's true. Um, or at least a small person that grows into a bigger 
an older person, rather, not always a bigger person. Don't want to be sizest. Um, <laughs> well, he's going to be a little bit taller than you. Oh, yeah, he's probably going to be taller than both of us. He'll probably be taller than me and, and, and Laura, generally speaking. Oh, Laura says hi, by the way. Oh, tell her hello. Okay, I will. She's sleeping right now. So. But if I need help to help her with the kid, um, and she'll knock on the door, uh, the wall, and then I'll be like, excuse me, and I'll peace out for a second and come back and then uh, let her know that you said hi. Okay. Otherwise, I'll tell her tomorrow. Sounds good. Unless she's still awake when I go to bed. And they, and and I remember. So now, like, <laughs> just belaboring the point. It's like no point for me to. <laughs> oh, but you know, uh, if I'm too tired, I might just go right to sleep, and then I might forget to tell her. So, <laughs> you know, um, oh, but you know, I could write a note to myself. Uh, unless I can't find a pen after I get done with this, and then <laughs> and then I won't write a note to myself. Um, unless I look for a pen now. And then I might forget to use the pen. So, you know, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just doing more of what I was doing. Oh, yeah, but I can't use that pen. That pen's there. That's right. This pen's over here. On the east side. Um, yes, on oh. the east side of the country. East side. East side. So, anyway. Uh, what, what were you saying? I don't know. Something with the pen. There's something about lint. It wasn't the lint, though. It was something else. It was something. Yes, it was something that if you're if uh, Laura will still uh, would still be awake, you would tell her that I said hello. Mm-hmm. If not, you would tell her in the morning, and then you said you're going to leave yourself a note. But then that was too much trouble to leave a note because you couldn't find a pen. Oh, and even if you found a pen, you, you know you you can't necessarily remember if you knew how to you know still write with a pen or if you remember for me to you know for you to say hello to Laura. There right. you go. I was just I realized I was doing a lot of unnecessary <laughs> qualifiers. I was just doing three, so I decided, well, how many more unnecessary? necessary qualifiers can i do it's like how else can i make this you know like a well i'll do this unless this happens and then i guess this will happen unless this happens but then i guess this will happen and just like just keep doing that you know there's like kids storybooks that are based on things like that that premise like mike went to the store but before he got there he ran into you know he saw a marble on the ground (laughs) he picked up the marble and put it in his pocket And he headed off down to the store. Just like a good little boy. Yeah. And then he ran across. You know, he, saw a, he saw whatever. It doesn't matter. And anyway, by the time he gets to the store, he realizes he doesn't need anything there anymore except maybe some milk. Or like maybe he went to get some milk and it's like, oh, he forgot the one thing. And that's a punch. Like, wah, wah, wah. And then he's got the, you know. <sighs> Which, by the way, milk's expensive. Is it? Oh, hell yeah. I don't really drink milk anymore. But I do buy it. I just don't drink it. So I don't know. I haven't drunk milk as milk in so long that I don't remember how much I used to pay for it. Milk's not a very good thing to drink because it does clog your arteries. Mm. Builds a plaque. Yeah. Here's not good. Well, you know, it's good for te- teeth growing in the early stages. But, you know, what's that thing about inflation? Or is it progress? Well, they say progress. The quote is progress, but I think it's actually about inflation. But they say um, progress is spending progress is spending $3 on a $2 haircut that you used to pay $1 for when you had hair. Yes. It's not progress. It's inflation. Yeah, it is inflation. But I think that, yeah, they used to say that. That was the thing. 
And then uh, because it, it it can't be progress if everyone's too broke to buy that three dollar haircut that used to be one dollar that now got jacked up to two dollars in the name of progress. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the place I used to get my haircut when I was really little had um, I think it had a yeah it had a little um, what do they call them that's a, a needle point like you know mm-hmm. they're mounted and it's got it's done with crust it, you know what I'm talking about. I don't yes. know what those things are called. I think they're called samplers, but I don't know. Um, and uh, it said, um, today is the tomorrow that worried you yesterday, and all is well. I was mm. like, I, I like that. So I, I've always remembered that. It's yeah. a good saying. Yeah, when it's true. <laughs> Sometimes all isn't well. But yeah, it's, it is a good way of, of being, you know, being like, you know, if you're just, just going to waste your life worrying, basically. You know, which is easy yeah. to do. Like you know, today this is true. The, the tomorrow you were always you're always worried about. You know, <laughs> never his mind on where he was, hmm? <laughs> what he was doing. Yoda. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it is true. I mean, I mean, if you think about it, if you know, you you can't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. You can only only worry about what's going to happen today. So just focus on today and worry about tomorrow when tomorrow happens. Yes, today is the tomorrow that worried about <coughs> yesterday and all is well. Yep. Anyway, hmm. aside from what is today, but tomorrow's yesterday. Um. Yes. All tomorrow's yesterdays. Yep. Something, something, something. Something, 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 something. I, I got, I got to thinking about the planet. Right. Are, are we back in the show? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. You got. You yeah. Got I, I got to thinking about the planet, and there, there really probably is a really good reason why we haven't discovered a way to travel faster than the speed of light. Well, okay. What's because that? we're 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 assholes. That's that's why the aliens don't want to talk to us right now. Oh, I see. Are you, are you basing their their desire to communicate us, uh, Kate, to communicate with us on the uh, the Star Trek kind of first contact um, uh, thinking, where it's like once we demonstrate that we have warp capability, that's when the Vulcans show up. Well, yeah, but not only that, but if you watch uh, Star Trek Enterprise, it, it goes deeper because basically it talks about how the Vulcans have then spent the next almost 100 years um, telling Earth that it's not ready to uh, travel beyond the boundaries of our solar system. <clears throat> but, of course, we do, and they're very highly disapproving of it. But, but yeah, that, that, I mean, we don't have warp capabilities right now, and I, and I do believe that's why the aliens don't want to do anything with us, except abduct us and stick probes up our backside. Isn't that something they made? They made. Uh, see, now, I pretty much have only seen one episode of Enterprise, and it was the first one. And so Archer, that's the name of Bacula's character? Yes, Jonathan Archer. So is it – now, I do remember – now, this is all kind of very fuzzy. So do I remember – he's not fond of Vulcans. No, he is not. And he does have a Vulcan on board. Yes. And he likes that He likes that Vulcan. He DePaul. does. Sub-commander DePaul, yes. Okay. But she had to earn his trust, basically. So he's generally distrustful of Vulcans, though. Yes. And then now, was his father as well? Or there was some kind of like, no. a, or it's like he feels bad that his father never got to be a, a go into space or something or some, some because of the Vulcans holding people back or something. Was it, was that part of his character? Well, 
Well, his father his father uh, passed away, right? So his father was the one that built the first warp uh, drive uh, engine that can go uh, uh, warp five, and yeah. that's in the very first Enterprise. Um, but obviously, the, the Vulcans were holding them back, and you know, obviously, he couldn't live long enough to see the thing go into the ship, and then his son captaining, you know, being the captain of the ship, hmm. essentially. So there's a certain amount of bitterness that he's holding on to. Because yes. Of yeah. And he also believes that they're trying to sabotage their first mission into space. Really? <clears throat> yep. So, yeah, I think this show is probably available on Amazon Prime. And I have uh, Netflix, too. Yeah, but I don't have Netflix. Um, uh, actually, you know, they, they keep recommending stuff on Nooner, the podcast I do the Tumblr for. Um they keep recommending stuff on Netflix and I can't, I don't have Netflix. So like, but you do. So actually there's one that uh, they recommended last week and it's a movie. I don't know if you saw the preview for it, but it's called the wandering earth. No, I did not. Yeah. So that it's, it's supposed to be pretty good. It's also, was really successful over there. Um, Like, uh, like insanely successful, like uh, based, based on how much money was spent on it versus how much money it earned. So it's like this, this, the latest, big kind of like must see foreign film kind of thing. So it's I'll called check it out. Like, yeah. So it's called, it's called the wandering earth and I haven't seen it yet, <clears throat> but I did see the preview for it and it does look good. Um, I'll tell you, I will recommend two Netflix shows right now. One is the, uh, hunting of Hill house. There's only two seasons hmm. and Sabrina. All right. And if I, um, Oh, yeah, actually, I can think of one that I can recommend. Uh, Stranger Things Season 1 and 2. I will check those out. I actually I actually bought those because I was pretty sure that I would like them, and I did. So I get lucky sometimes. Well, I don't know if it's lucky. I think it's just the show is made for people who enjoy looking at things that are created to invoke nostalgia. You know, or where there's attention to detail in like uh, the era that it's set in and make, they making it look like it, it, that era and kind of also, um, evoking E.T. kind of, you know, that because E.T. was a movie of its time and it kind of looks like E.T., you know, in, in the sense of like the, it's, it's a bunch of stuff. It, there's a lot of reasons to like it. Also, the acting is great in it. And, uh, uh, you know, Winona Ryder's fantastic in it. Spends most of the first season being completely beside herself. And it's just, it's the best acting I've ever seen her do. And, you know. Uh, that's pretty cool. And um, I see Matthew Modine is in the first season, at least. Um, like it's, um, it's like it's. Have you have you seen Stranger Things, or do you know of it? Oh, I know of the show, but I haven't seen. I haven't watched it yet, though. It's basically a series that's like <clears throat> it's like you know those good uh, movies where it's they're from the kids' perspective, like Stand by Me or stuff like that. The Goonies. The Goonies, where it's yeah, it's it's essentially. That is, uh, it is like that where it's set, you know, it's the kids and the kids are actually really interesting. So that's, uh, and they're, they're great actors. Um, it's really great. It's a really well-made show. Yes. It looked like you were going to say something. Yes. Another show like that from a, uh, well, a teenager's perspective would be Riverdale. Oh yeah. I haven't seen Based on the Archie, uh, characters. Yeah. It's dark Archie verse. Yep. Can you imagine like everything having like a dark, like a dark version of itself? Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, we we had a conversation about this uh, a few shows ago. We, and I, yes, I, we did. I mentioned like the mirror universe in Star Trek, and I was like, uh, one of us is like has a goatee and is in gold. Like I'm the one with the goatee in the mirror universe. Yes, <laughs> as a great. You were the, oh, sorry, you were the evil. <laughs> you were the evil Tyson. I was just turn around and. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Look at the menacing look. That's there's a they did that on Mimis T3K, uh Mystery Science Theater. There was an episode called Last of the Wild Horses. And in it, um you, how familiar are you with um the world of Mystery Science Theater? Because I'll be talking I, I'm I'm talking to you, but I also you know like a lot of there's gonna be people out there who know what I'm talking about, but I'll make sure you at least know what I'm talking about um, so like you know before I get too far into it. Because I don't want to like I've seen a few episodes. Okay. So, but you're aware that there's like, there's mad scientists underground that are subjecting people in space into these, ex- to these experiments. And that's the, that's part of the premise of the show. Yes. Now the people underground have changed throughout the years and uh, as have kind of the people up, up there have changed a little bit, but more so the people on the ground. So like, uh, during the era I'm talking about, it's, uh, Clayton, Dr. Clayton Forrester played by Trace Billu and, uh, TV's Frank, Frank, uh, played by Frank Conniff. Uh, who also, by the way, have their own uh, podcast about movies that I recommend. I can't remember what it's called. I think it's something with the Mads. Movie time with the Mads. Movie sign. Movie sign. Movie sign with the Mads because they were the Mad Scientists. Anyway. Yes. So there's them, and then it's the season. It's a season with Mike Nelson instead of Joel, and so it's Mike, Gypsy, uh, Tom, and Crow, and they're up there in the satellite love, and um, uh, it's dropped very early on that Dr. Clayton Forrester is has a matter transference device, right? Right. So he's like, he can't find it. He's like, Frank, where's the matter transference device? And um, and Frank's like, I wasn't using it last, Clay. Like it's you know, like it's a, like it's a hamster ball or something, or no, what's something right. you'd use? Like it's like it's a like it's a, di- a, a a brush, a dish brush or something. Like I wasn't using it last. I don't know where it is. No, it's a matter transference device. It's a very casual way to treat this, you know, uh, to story wise treat this this uh, information. Anyway, so. Uh, oh, oh, and by the way, at this point of the program's history, they have hooked up what's called the umbilicus, which is this uh, tether, this geosynchronous orbit tether from Deep 13 underground where their lair is to the sat- satellite of love via Gypsy. Gypsy is the one that's the big, that made out of kids' car seats, <coughs> turned upside down in a flashlight with the one big eye. <clears throat> it's the, with the girl's voice. Jim Mallon. They're like, Gypsy! I can't do the voice anymore, but I used to be able to do it. Well, anyway. You know, hi girl, you that one. So, so the Mads are now connected to Gypsy, and this is a thing. So they're like, we're going to send you up this matter transference device, you know, um, and it's just going to go th- up there. And then Crow, it goes back up to the screen. Crow's like, you know, there's a bit of an ion storm going on. Do you really think it's a good idea? And it's like, you know, a little bit of thunder, and kind of look around, like, you know, because the the. Anyway, and and, and uh, like nonsense, what could happen? And of course, what ends up happening is that it triggers uh, uh, um, mirror universe. Mm. So two people. So it ends up being we enter the mirror universe, and it's uh, Tom and Gypsy are have have zapped together into a place where there's an evil Mike Crow Tom and a good. Um, Frank and uh, Doctor Forrester. So, like the first in the first, <clears throat> so the first segment, 
where they mm. would where they would go into the theater and watch the movie, this western called Last of the Wild Horses. It's actually Frank and and um, Doctor Forrester, the Mirror Universe, Frank and Doctor Forrester, on the other side of the theater in the screen, on the other side of the screen, because usually the, the robots are down on this side. People who can people seeing the podcast to see where my hands are because there's a visual here, but like so it's like you know Tom. No, no, Tom's on the end. It goes Tom, Joel, or Mike, and then Crow. And, uh, or is Crow on this end? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Anyway, and then, uh, so yeah, they're on this side of the theater. So it's like in the mirror universe. But the first indication that there's something wrong is that, you know, uh, they're like, oh, they walk back and forth, and it's like the lights, and then you see a satellite of love going this way, and a satellite of love going that way, and then flish, flash, flish, flash, flish, flash, and then cut to, uh, what are they on Deep 13? I don't know. Anyway, and it's, and it's Evil Mike, and he's basically dressed like Evil Kirk from, from Star Trek. So he's got to go tea. And he's got like a gold lame kind of shaped sort of, uh, you know, vest type thing that he was wearing. Like, and he turns around and it's evil Mike and he's like, <laughs> but I can't do it. My face is too friendly, but it's like the evil maniacal laugh. Like he's back and then he camera pulls back and there's evil crow going. <laughs> so it's now evil these, and it pans over to Tom and Gypsy and they're like, what the hell? But Tom doesn't, Tom hasn't figured out what's going on yet, but like Gypsy's instantly aware that something is very wrong. Anyway, so the rest of the episode unfolds. This is just like the first like ten minutes of the episode that I've been describing, and uh, it's a it's one of the more uh, one of the f- early kind of unique like what are we going to do with this you know format uh, stuff. It was really, really it's one of my favorite episodes. Uh, so I, as people who are like the whole mirror universe and the uh, spinoff um, homage type culture that it's created, uh, check out that episode of MST3K. Also, if you're a fan. Uh, if you're not a fan of MST3K, that might be a weird one to start with, but I'm not sure that would be the worst one. Definitely a weird one to start with. Yeah. Like, there's this episode of Good Mythical Morning. <clears throat> Red has this character called Damiel. D-A-M-N-Y-E-L-L. It's like one word. They're like, Daniel? No, Damiel. Damiel. Damiel, yes. And Damiel, Damiel. wears this... Well, it looks like an otter's head with a bunch of hair named Richard, and he refers to it as Richard. He's this weird character. And then, like, they've this has only happened a couple of times. And then since then, they've introduced this character called Cotton Candy Randy, which is Jordan Morris of uh, Jordan Je- Jesse Jordan Go, uh, right. a podcast. Jordan Morris dressed up as this weird, like, kind of like... Um, like a children's fantasy character, he's called Cotton Candy Randy, and he, and he where he has a cotton candy beard, and he's like, "Hey, daddies!" He's got this weird voice, and talks to like he's like, "You want to hear a sweet nothing?" And then he's and then Rhett's always like, "Yeah," and he's, he's like, "I made an outfit out of discarded lint," or something like that. It's something like that, you know. And then like, and then, but he doesn't like Link. He doesn't like Link. So and then he says something like, you know. Hey, you're going to sleep sometime. <laughs> Everybody's got to sleep sometime, big boy, or something like that. You know, it always says something mildly threatening to Link and then leaves. Like, it's a bit, right? Right, So, right, so there's right. an episode now at the end of, oh, you know, I think it might have been the first time that Damiel, this character of Damiel, like, they just get sent this thing and Rhett decides to put it on his head and then instantly he's developing this character that becomes like a t-shirt and everything now. Um, but like, so he starts doing this character, and it's this really spacey, weird, but funny character. And then, like, um, Cotton Candy Randy comes in and is also in this scene. And then, like, and it's like, it's like, what's going on? Because the show never really does anything this surreal at this point. You know, it's pretty straightforward. It's funny, but it's, you know, not like... A, anyway, so 
Jordan actually says, like, during in character, more or less, it's like, you know, it's, they're talking and whatnot, and there's Daniel on the screen, everything's weird. He goes, Hey, you know, wouldn't it be funny if this was somebody's first time watching one of these programs? <laughs> and it walks out. It's like, Yeah, that would be a really weird time to start watching. You know, if that was your first Rhett and Link, you'd be like, What the hell is this show? <laughs> what is it? What is it? But it wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing. I do find it funny that Mr. Morris called attention to that because, yeah, it would be hilarious. It would be strange. Like, what's – like, okay, what is the weirdest episode where, like, if you – like, ideally, you know, if you want to get somebody into a program, you want to get them in from the beginning since we can now, you know, since people got entertainment on demand. <clears throat> but, like, um, let's say there was something that was being – I don't know why this would be a thing. Like, what, but, but, like, in a world where this is a thing, can you think of an episode of a show – uh, that would be weird for a person to start with. Like, you'd be like, people would be like, hey, guys, I'll just, oh, you know, I got this one from the library or whatever. That could be a thing. Yeah. You could get, like, you know, you could get episodes of Star Trek from the library. You know, you used to be able to get them on VHS, whatever it is, you know. Well, it would be a weird episode for people to, like, be introduced to a hmm. show from. I'm thinking. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I want to say Sabrina, but then again, all their episodes are weird, so it's it's kind of hard to. I, I want to say like uh, uh, Arrow. So there's a weird episode of Arrow where it would be strange to start from that one. Um, I don't know the episode number, but probably when they when they had uh, uh, Damian Black on the show. Hmm. Okay. Cool. I don't know who that is, so I, I will I will discover that at some point. That wasn't C- C- series one, right? It's further. It's further series. I want to say season three. Okay. So at some point I will see that, but yeah, so I'll have to look out for that. You know, I think about it. That is a really difficult question to. That is because you have to recall like every single episode of something. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like you have to have seen it. You have to have seen enough episodes of something that you could single out a particular episode as being an odd one. In order to recommend to somebody, be like, "Oh well, don't start with this one because it's like who would start in the middle of a series?" It's really kind of a BS question. I'm sorry, Hunter. I'm sorry I subjected you to that. It's okay. That's the worst <laughs> thought experiment ever. It's like, that's a BS question. Why did I do that to you, man? I'm sorry. But I appreciate you taking a stab at it. Maybe no, it's, absolutely, dude. It's only, maybe it's only because I had that one example, and I'm like, well, what other examples would there be? I mean, if something, I don't know. It's, it's you know, there's not very many episodes where they do, but they put, I don't know if there are any other episodes where they have um, uh, the Mads in the theater. They certainly don't. I don't think they, the parallel universe Mads ever come back. I mean, the whole scenario is resolved by the end of the episode. But there, there's actually, oh no, you know what they might because they they have the hex is a thing in Mystery Science Theater called the Hexfield View Screen, and these characters mm. kind of pop up every now and then through it. Like, oh, something's coming through on the Hexfield View Screen, and then they go like that, and the camera pans over there, and it opens up, and it's whoever it is. You know, sometimes it was Jan in the pan. Jan in the pan is the lady who's a head in a pan. Uh, from the movie, okay. from the movie, the brain that wouldn't die, also called the head that wouldn't die. And I was like, you probably haven't seen this movie, but <clears throat> or these 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 shows. It's it's fine. It doesn't matter. It was Mike Mike Nelson's first episode as host. 
anyway, it was Mary Jo Powell as Jen and Pan. Yeah. To make a question of that of that uh, uh, caliber, mm-hmm. uh, more uh, I guess for someone to easily answer it better, it's like. Instead of like uh, saying, okay, like, well, watch this episode because it's the weirdest, darkest episode, and this is what you'll start with, mm. um, to an entire show that's just weird to begin with, um, Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse. P- what, Pee Wee's Playhouse? The, 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 the TV show that ran for like two yeah. seasons, was it? What about yep, it? Yep. You're saying it's weird overall, or what? It's just weird, over- it's just weird overall. Yeah, I, 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 that was one of my favorites when I was a kid. Oh, mine too, but it was just, it was just strange. It was very strange. Yeah. It'd be hard to, it'd be hard to like, they're all weird. Why would, you know, anyone you start, but that's the thing is like anyone you start with is pretty much the same level of weird. Right. Yeah. And, and, and really, I mean, I mean, but it does make perfect sense because here you have a dude living by himself, you know, with talking furniture and everything talks and, and, you know, has feelings and, you know, he's got a head in a box. Oh, Jombie. Jombie, uh, whatever. Yeah, Jombie the and, genie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so. he doesn't live there. That's that's his that's his that's his playhouse. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's because he, he he comes to to play, and if people stop by. It'd be like living in the treehouse or something. Like you know, people would be like, "Oh, Pee Wee's in his treehouse. Let's go." Or Hunter's in his treehouse. Let's go visit him. Well, you know what? And and I mean, it just just I mean, look. This is my theory, of course. Okay, so now you have. Pee-wee, uh, what was it? Pee-wee's Big Adventure, whatever it was, when they like ripped off his bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a- and he's the only one on the entire block that doesn't have a normal house. He's got like technological gadgets that no one else has. Oh yeah, I, I-, I think he's an alien. He's got a breakfast machine. Yeah, it's, yes, it's like the breakfast machine in um, uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yes, which makes me think that somebody there really enjoyed Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Um, but I always like seeing some kind of contraption in films, you know, some sort of Rube Goldberg-esque device. But um, it was a really efficient breakfast machine. And the music yes. was great. One of the best, one of the best like, uh, score moments in, <clears throat> in film is the music that goes along with that breakfast machine. Yes. Seriously. Like, I'm not even... Seriously. Seriously, I but still... I don't know what it's called, but it's, uh, you know, it's Danny Elfman and it's a great piece of score. Pee-wee's still Pee-wee's still uh, an alien. Uh maybe. Yeah. Um who doesn't necessarily care about your problems? Oh, I mean, I don't know. He's also he's a he was trying to do educational stuff. I remember Pee-wee's Playhouse. No, I'm talking about in, in Pee-wee's big uh oh, Pee-wee's oh, yeah. big Yeah, yeah. That's right. He 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 portrayed, <laughs> you know, a version of of Pee-wee who just didn't care about your problems. Um, when, when did, uh, in, well, how did he, how did that, man, how did that, how did he manifest that in Pee-wee's Big Adventure? I don't remember I that. Can, I, I can't really like go into detail and explain it. You just have to watch the movie. It's just something that I know that just is. Oh no, I've seen the film. I'm just trying to, I'm, right. I'm, I'm trying to imagine him being particularly, um, I'm trying to remember the scene where they, like, he was like particularly dismissive or, you know, jerky. Um, just, just, just watch it. Just kind of an asshole, you know. <laughs> In that movie, he was kind of an asshole. They had this great bike, you know. Uh, this this rich kid tries to buy it from him. Yeah, it's not for yeah. sale, Francis. Francis, yeah. my father said it's, everything's hey, negotiable. Pee wee. 
I was like, so what would have that start? It's like, it's my birthday today, baby. And my father says I can have anything I want. It's good for you and your father. And guess what I want? A new brain. <laughs> no. No. Your bike. <laughs> and he falls over laughing on the floor. Oh, it's so funny, Pee-wee. It's not for sale, Francis. Now we've slapped ourselves. We've gone back in a circle. Yeah, we are the we just did the Ouroboros of that scene. <laughs> um Because that, that movie is like so rememberable though. Oh, it's a great movie, yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He was just trying to find his bike. <coughs> Meets a lot of strange characters along the way. Yep. Um Lynn um I I, I can't remember the, the actress's name, but the one who plays Missy Vaughn in, in Pee Wee's Playhouse and in the Pee Wee Herman show, the live action live action the original stage show that the hbo special i think it was did you ever see that mm-hmm. yeah where there's like on on stage in front of a live audience and it's kind of like the what what essentially Wee's playhouse sort of was kind of like uh an, an elab- adult version an elaboration of yeah it was more adult it was well yeah you know, it was more adult definitely more adult um but clocky was in it and clocky showed up in the second season of um of Wee's playhouse on tv anyway uh yeah. what was the question what was the question? Yeah, I derailed myself again. I forgot what the question was now. I suck. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> Salted almond butter. Salted almond butter. Yes, it's an, another edition of Tyson Saner Taster. <laughs> I'll throw it at the end here. Basically, so, so yes, what is it? It is a it is a candy bar. Well, it's a chocolate bar. It's fifty five percent cocoa, so it's going to be another kind of dark chocolate. It's it's kind of like the ginger in dark chocolate that I had. It's actually from the same people, or the cherries in and chilies, which I didn't really like as much. I don't think. On uh, this one, the sound salted. Okay, so salted caramel, good. Um, almond butter, mm-hmm. good. Salted almond butter, probably good. Salted almond butter with chocolate. Could be fantastic. Not sure. But it's from Dr. It's from, it is from Chocolate. And then, of course, I'll probably end up giving the rest of this to my folks. But I'm going to try it here. So, uh, Hunter, have you, ever had, have you ever had almond butter? Uh, no. Never? Never. Do you, like peanut, do you like nut butters in general? Any nut butters? Do you like peanut butter? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Some people really don't like peanut butter. And uh, I do, but I can't eat it. So I um, I gotta avoid peanuts in general. Um, I think I've had good luck avoiding them. I should say, and since I cut them out, I've discovered that there's uh, great alternatives, including uh, almond butter, which I don't really buy very often because it's actually pretty expensive compared to peanut butter. But I did get some on sale, and uh, like in in the jar, it's expensive. When they add it to stuff, it's less. You know, whatever. Like this is. This candy bar wasn't expensive compared to like how candy bars usually are. So I'm going to break this off. Um, but like another one, sunflower butter is actually really good. Also, since I don't have anything on bread, some, mm. sometimes uh, <clears throat> the experience is um, well, it's usually transferred through a, I shouldn't say sometimes, it, it, it is transferred not through a piece of toast or something, which would, you know, peanut butter and toast is. Whatever it is, it's great. Like, you can't do a sandwich. It's fine. Um, and, but, you know, I do rice cakes. The rice cakes are kind of their own beast. 
see ASMR portion of the podcast. <laughs> uh, you seen that episode too, huh? Episode of Bill Maher when he was talking about that uh, two weeks ago at the end of his episode. No, no, I didn't. I, I just oh, uh, now that was a terrific. Uh, that was a, tr- a terrific a uh, uh, coincidence then because. What you just did, he was talking about how, like, at night he has to, you know, relieve stress, so he watches videos like that. Oh. And he was, like, talking in a real low voice like this. Whispering. You're talking directly to the inside of your head. Yes. So we want you to be comfortable. If you aren't comfortable, we aren't happy. And enjoy this clicking sound if you can hear it. I'm going to rub my hands together very slowly. I'm going to rub the microphone. Isn't it relaxing? I'm going to do the uh, raindrop sound. I don't, it's probably not as relaxing. Maybe if I did it a bunch of times, but I get a big red mark on my face. Probably. Ow. 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 Oh, yeah, you can kind of see it forming now. Anyway, that's the ASMR anyway. portion in the middle. So, yes, yes. The, it, yes, is a, yes. it comes in... Large uh, divisions, ah, instead of your yes. instead of your three or four squares or whatever. So, seems to be a. Uh, I'm going to say these these are roughly. Have you ever had caramello? No candy bar. It's a caramel and chocolate. Mm. Um, simple, yeah, simple, elegant caramel and chocolate. That this isn't that. This is Choco Loves salted almond butter in chocolate. Uh, cheers. Cheers. I'll bite it. I don't think I'll pop the whole thing. Okay. You see the crop? I'll show you the cross section. Ah, so that's the, uh, that's the salted nut, uh, nut right there, right? Um, yes, that's the salted nut butter. <laughs> <laughs> about ASMR chewing noises. <laughs> mm. Sorry, I had some stuck stuck my cheek and I didn't want to actually I'm experiencing an intense amount of salivation. I apologize. Um that'll help. Okay, yes, that was very good. That was probably better than the ginger, uh, crystallized nice. ginger one. That could be the best one I've tasted. In fact, one of the reasons why it's so good is because not only do I have to avoid peanuts and peanut butter, but I also have to avoid peanut and peanut butter type candy, including things like Butterfinger, uh, Reese's Pieces, Reese's, mm-hmm. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. 
That's a bummer. Ooh, that is a bummer. Are really good. That I can eat the whole bag. That, really? Oh, oh yeah. How, how many like, are in a bag? You, like you like you like you know like those mini ones. Oh, the mini. Yeah, I was thinking of the two that come in the sleeve. No, the the real like so the the small ones. But you can get like a bag of like just individual ones like in a yeah individual square. They come like Rolo sized. <clears throat> yeah. 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 I can eat a whole bag. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's really darn good. That is that's, that's definitely the best one. It basically what it does is because. Uh, the one of the you know the peanut butter and Reese's peanut butter cup is also slightly salted. You know, it's not just yes. pure sweetness. It it evokes that taste, and I can't have Reese's peanut butter cups, but I can have that, and that is delicious. And also, is it similar? Um, in, in taste, taste, very much, very similar. And also, I'm looking at it, and it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So there's ten. You can kind of see the. The bumps there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see the bumps there. So there's 10 total segments, and they're, you know, about three quarters of the size of a Reese's peanut butter cup each, but there's 10 of them. And this is like, I don't know, it's maybe two and a half dollar uh, bar of chocolate. No, it's not a bar of chocolate, but candy bar. I guess you'd still call these a candy bar, technically. Gourmet. Which isn't bad. Like, I mean, Reese's uh, in, a, in the two Reese's in a sleeve is like. I don't know how much is two Reese's in a sleeve. What are they? They're not a dollar. Are they up to a dollar now? Or are they like. Yeah, they're like a dollar and change now, man. Okay, so like then you're looking at like six to. I can't do math. Five. Yeah, you're looking at five to six dollars for basically the same amount of. Well, I don't know about the same amount, but it's the experience of putting the chocolate and peanut butter in your mouth and filling them together. And then Cobra Yawning it's, it's, all over the place. Hmm? It's, it's, it's part of that inflation, or I'm sorry, progress. The progress. Yes. Right, right, right. Two Reese's in a sleeve. Which costs a dollar and some change. Dollar and some change. That and a dollar will get you that and a dollar and some change will get you two Reese's in a sleeve. Right. Two Reese's. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's all it's gonna get you. <sighs> you know, just like in the beginning of that movie Trading Places when the when the butler goes up to the uh, two rich brothers and you're like Oh, don't think we've forgotten about your Christmas bonus. And he t- and he's like handing him like five bucks, and the one brother's like, "Don't forget, part of that five came from me." And he's like thanking him and stuff. And he's like, "I could take myself to the movies now by oh, myself." I it was five. I could take myself to the movies. Something. Is uh, Denholm Elliott? Yeah. Yes. Rest in peace. God, he was really funny in Noises Off. Absolutely. Did you ever see Noises Off? Yes, once. That's, I'm going to revisit that one. There's a lot of funny people in there. It's a really funny movie. Well, that's about all the time we have for Antisocial Show. I'm Tyson Saner. And I'm Hunter Block. Be decent to each other. Absolutely. Have a good time, folks. Mm-hmm.